back to the Section K podcast. Today's Thursday, February the 27th. A little bit of a delayed release of the Section K podcast this week. We wanted to make sure and have a full conversation about the open classes at the 2020 Arbuckle Mountain Fraternity. Uh, at the first part of the show, we break down Caden and Cody's day at the 2020 NRCHA World's Greatest Horseman Finals. Once again, thanks to Ben Self over at Cow Horse Full Contact for hooking us up with tickets. Uh, we would not have been able to take in that great Cow Horse action had it not been for him. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that conversation. Then stick around the second part for a little bit of Arbuckle Mountain Fraternity Chat. Um, best of luck to everybody showing out in Ardmore. And uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the Section K Podcast. This episode of the Section K Podcast is brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tack. Tack handcrafted by cowboys for cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 1976, Dennis has built high-quality tack for training, working, and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. This year's 2020 World's Greatest Horseman, Five of the world's greatest horsemen finalists were members of the Dennis Moreland Tack team. Chris Dawson, Kelby Phillips, Luke Jones, Wade Metter, and Ben Baldus all used Dennis Moreland Tack. Like I said, get the best and get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Be sure to visit www.dmtack.com. Well, we went and spectated at one of our favorite events of the year, the 2020 Celebration of Champions, DT Horses, hashtags, World's Greatest Horsemen. Uh, myself and Cody Headland went up on Saturday and spent the whole afternoon at the Will Rogers Memorial Center, started out watching the herd work in the Will Rogers Memorial Coliseum, and then moseyed on over to the John Justin Arena for the cow work, the rain work, and the steer stopping, and man... It was an exciting, action-packed day of cow horse competition. Uh, the 2020 World's Greatest Horseman was none other than past champion. Mr. John Swales this year took the championship aboard Metallic Cat Rose for the owners Jerry and Nicole Meyer. Uh, you might have remembered seeing John Swales in the past there at the 2017 World's Greatest Horseman winning that championship aboard the Great Stallion. He's a diamond spark. Uh, overall, I had a great time at the World's Greatest Horseman. Headland, what were some of your favorite moments from Saturday? Man, it was all pretty good. Uh, they always say it, it always comes down to the fence work, and uh, I feel like we repeat ourselves every time we watch some sort of cow horse event, but that's the truth. It's a lot of fun to go over there. It's different. It's not something I'm used to, and we enjoy it every time. I would definitely say Todd Bergen's reigning run was a highlight for me that day. That horse was so loped so pretty, stopped so smooth, and, and just drug his stop. I mean, it felt like forever. And at that point, I mean, I remember thinking like, wow, like Bergen's got this in the bag. And then he had a little hell in the steer stopping. He had a steer that ran. And, uh, and then it always comes down to the cow work and, Obviously, John Swales cleaning it up with a 227.5. Um, that was an unbelievable run, too. And I don't know how I feel about them holding the scores. Like, I, I think it's kind of cool. It's a different aspect to it, and it, you know, keeps it really fun. But for somebody who likes to compete, like, I might want to know that 
John Swales marked a 227 and a half and that I need to go down there and mark a 228. Well, that, and I feel like it would have been a little bit more exciting had maybe Boyd Rice known what he had to do being last. I think he was last in the cow work. Um, who knows? I mean, you never, I, I, I agree. I, I think it, I see both sides of yeah. it. I'm not knocking it. I think it's a great event. They do. I mean, adding the youth in there, that's, that's that awesome. Super fun to watch. Watching, too. was it Trail Townsend? Yep. And I, I, he's just, I mean, watching him on that white horse was unreal. And so I think it's a great event. I enjoy going there. I'm going to go there again next year and I'll probably be at the snaffle bit finals as well, but it just, I don't know. And I see both sides. I think for a spectator standpoint, it's a lot of fun. I know those two ladies or the group of people that were sitting three rows right in front of us. They, as soon as they announced that Kelby and Jake Telford were co-reserve, co-reserve yeah. champions, they just lost their marbles down there. And But I mean, any owner or if you're closely related to whoever's winning, you're going to be pumped like that, especially when you kind of didn't expect it. Cause I feel like John kind of skated through those first couple events and then had a scorch and fence run and then you just don't know what the judges are going to mark it yeah just solid through the first three events uh was john swales marked a 17 and a half out of the herd uh solid 18 and a half in the rain work and then marked a 15 in the steer stopping and really yeah he hadn't won either of the of the go rounds or i don't uh of the events going into the finals and and so and i think he had kind of drawn up early on i think the first four or five in the herd work and you and I were both kind of talking. Uh, they marked. Oh, he that, was later. Was he later? Yeah. They marked that first horse at nineteen, and then the cattle kind of got a little tough. It was getting really, really difficult to kind of maneuver through those and get shown. And that's kind of what we were talking about walking over there. Is like between a two fifteen and a two nineteen uh, on that first event in the herd work, you were sitting pretty good uh, just because you needed to just get through it clean. And like you said, it comes down to the fence work. But I wanted to make note about Swales. Uh, cow cow work because that cow that they turned in on him uh, to take down the fence was some kind of tough and I don't think it stopped pressing on him the entire time uh, from the time that he boxed it took it down the fence uh, did I think he did two open field turns and uh, one for sure I think the second one was he a uh, loop it yeah uh, but then he started circling that black cow and you could tell that she was pissed like she was she'd had enough yeah. and she was literally leaning on his leg we had unbelievable seats to watch him uh, make that last circle courtesy of Ben Self and his family over at uh, Cow Horse Full Contact. They hooked it up real nice with us. We were pretty much front and center, uh, had great uh, views for uh, them loping in, uh, hitting those stops on the rain work. Great, great view um, watching. I think it was, uh, was it Sean Hayes? Uh, marked that 224 and a half on Red River Rivalry uh, in the cow work. Uh, his boxing, that was another uh, moment that I really liked. Uh, the entire crowd got super excited, just like you hear uh, in that Coliseum during the Futurity Finals. But, I mean, this horse broke down that cow right off the bat. Uh, in the boxing and then took it down the fence and he was going super fast and I'm pretty sure he did make two open field turns and then circled but he was going really fast and uh, yeah shout out Sean Hayes his wife Tammy Hayes catch her in the cut and pin Uh, she rides with Mr. Tatum Rice I believe how uh, was it uh, being in the John Justin arena uh, with a full packed house I don't know if I've ever been there in there when there's more than I don't know 50 people 60 people Yeah, it's, I was going to say, I, 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 I had a great time. It kind of sucks. Um, we had a little issues, a little bit of issue finding our seats just because 
That's like the one reserved seating event in the John Justin arena, I feel like, ever. I mean, like you just mentioned, CBL, no one – I mean, it's a, it's our practice pin. We don't really have big, high-volume events there where there is a ton of people. And, yeah, just getting through there, trying to get to your seats, trying to find where your section is, uh, just walking through the concourses. You Obviously, they sell a lot of standing room only tickets, which is obviously yeah. awesome because so many people want to come and watch. But it is very difficult uh, getting around the John Justin Arena on World's Greatest Finals Day because there is, I mean, what well, you would you expect. Move over, you move over from the Will Rogers, and, it, and it, I mean, yeah, they have a set time of when they you know think they're going to start and stuff, but it's still everybody kind of you know gets bottled up right there. There's only those two doors that we would go in to get into. And I, I bet you could probably go and park on the parking garage on the other side and get in that way. But it just seemed like everything was the whole flow of traffic was just walking through right up there in the top, right above the sail ring. And it was just, it was a little tough and the markers are, I guess, I mean, we figured it out just fine. It took us a little bit, but um, just to find your seats was a little tough. And, and I feel like, I mean, as big as that thing's getting, they're going to, yeah. They're going to have to possibly figure out about putting it in the Will Rogers. Yeah, I bet that's coming. You soon. know, I think they probably were worried about it for the first couple of years if it was going to be, you know, uh, packed enough in there, like yeah. people-wise. But I don't really see that they're going to have a problem for that for the next couple of years. I well, mean, I think, it's quite think, an event. I think some of it also has to do with the way the arena is shaped. I don't know if you guys remember when we talked about Lance and when we watched the Snafflebit Open Fraternity Finals there across the street in the Coliseum, just how quick and how aggressive those cows rolled back to that back gate, I think it is super important. I mean, just like everybody that handles cattle knows, um, being able to confuse those cattle as much as you can is super important. And I remember distinctly at the Snafflebit Finals, I think that pin in the Coliseum is also maybe not as oval shaped or maybe more oval shaped. I don't know. I've obviously never gone down the fence, so I don't know what you want um, in an arena when it comes down to that. But I think some of it had to do with going down the fence, how those cattle roll back and how well, there's no place shaped. to keep the cows on the other side too. That's, I, th I think that's one of the things that has hindered them there in, at, the, in, the, in the Will Rogers yeah. because there's no cow pens or anything back on the other end. And then, and from what some of the cow horse guys have told me that when you come in the same end that the cows do, it makes it a little tough to get them. They tend to hug one side. Yeah. And, but I mean, I feel like they make the three-year-olds do it for the snaffle bit fraternity. So Might as well we make should these make these bridle horses, horses yeah. do it. They can <laughs> obviously get it on way more and way faster and way more extreme than those three-year-olds can. But yeah, like you said, shout out Sean Hayes. I think he's going to win win one of these soon because he he did really good on another horse in in the f five-year-old or the derby or something the Trace Osos derby yeah uh, i think i think he uh well it's that horse got a cool name too it is in the hackamore i believe it's like moonshine and two advils or something <laughs> like that marked the 228 down the fence and i know i've seen him i've seen a bunch of good runs that he's laid down on red river on red river rivalry so, That's another cool name. Yeah. He's uh he's going to darn sure – he lives up there by the Red River, I believe, too. Also, big shout-out Randy Paul. He's another just awesome guy to go he watch. He had to show. have been the crowd favorite, Man. huh? 
and the the loop on his steer stopping <laughs> he had he caught a, he drew a runner in the steer stopping and he hauled ass down the pin through a loop and dallied off at pretty much the last i mean he dallied off probably a foot from i mean that stopped that steer probably a foot from the fence like it was it was all or nothing with randy paul you got to think too like especially when you get to the fence work i bet them guys are sitting there just making just hoping that that first cow is good because they have done all these other events those horses are gassed already and to to be the champion in that i mean obviously it took a 227 and a half down the fence and you want to have your horse as fresh and ready to run i would feel like and you've already done three events on him especially you know for the cutting i mean most cutting horses you got to lope them down a little bit and and those horses i'm sure are the same way i mean they're not in those finals because they're not good horses, you know. Well, I think we made note of how much they did lope and trot Metallic Cat Rose when we were over there because yeah. we were kind of standing in our our normal spot there in the back on the Boyd Rice side uh, watching the herd work. And I remember we were sitting there with Clint Allen and definitely made note of how much they were trotting that horse. And I was just thinking to myself, wow, it's crazy. You go in here and you mark them 19 and normally you can just go to the stalls and put your horse up and nope. We're not done. There's three more events uh, that we have to do in the next three hours. So uh, go back to the stalls, get a drink, and let's get it on. The more and more I watch the cow horse, too, the more and more I really, really like the reining. Like, I've gone – as a kid, I never really watched it. I thought, what are these guys doing out there just loping circles? Like, <sighs> And then now the more and more I'm getting into it and, like, watching more reining events, whether it's the – fraternity or you know in the rain cow horse or whatever it's i've g- gone grown to really like it and really yeah, enjoy Pawnee's it. podcast has yeah. gotten me ex- more excited exactly about it. and like you can watch those guys you start or I, I feel like i'm starting to notice like when fapani talks about like pushing those horses that extra step and like especially watching these world's greatest horses you can see those guys pushing those horses to make that big long slide and to spin a little bit faster and to run a little bit harder and slow down a lot quicker. And it's really, really cool. Well, and we were talking while I think it was maybe Wrangler or somebody was doing their rain work. And you like, I had just kind of realized how degree of difficulty relates to raining and how those guys go from a really fast lope and in a really pretty way, slow down into a really slow lope. And the way that that's hard is that like it's either you either do it very smoothly or it's really ugly looking. Well, especially when you're changing those leads, there's a couple of people that their horses drug a lead because I feel like they were going so slow and you have to do it at such a collected pace. And, and like, I feel like that last one before they did their rundowns after they made their last big circle, you know, that one always looks smoother because they had all that momentum and it was just like more natural. Whereas when they're loping that much slower and they got to pick up all their feet and change their whole direction of where they're going. I mean, it's, it's tough. And, it is, it, and you could see it's tough because those horses rolling the world's greatest and they had heck with it. You know, it's so impressive thinking about going from the herd work and cutting and drawing and turning with a cow. And then they 30 minutes later, hauling ass nino coming in there and stopping and everything is out in front of you and it's no drawing at all and everything is is forward and not back and it's just it's amazing that 
people like Boyd and 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 guys like Kelby that that are so cow oriented and train such an unbelievable cow horse um, can have these horses looking so good out of the herd and then come and mark a nice 218 and a half or a 219 in the rain work 30 minutes later so that was one of the highlights for me is just watching the adjustments and and going out there and and going to get a drink and seeing Boyd kind of changing his mindset and changing his game plan from the rain work to roping the dummy to thinking about what he has to do going down the fence. It was just a, it's, it's cool watching that just because we are so focused on one event whenever we go to a show. Yeah. And I remember you and you and I and Clint sit there talking and like, I feel like any one of those horses in the world's greatest horseman, if it was just, if you dedicated that horse to cutting for just a little while, like that's what we were talking about is that if you dedicated this horse to cutting for three or four months, they could go to an open cut in somewhere and probably win an open. I mean, these horses are so talented and get to do so show how they can do so many different events in one day. And it's, it's unreal to see. Yeah. That definitely had my brain wondering. I was, I asked you, I was like, do you think if you set aside a month or two and just tune these horses up uh, and cutting, you think you could go go win an event or go compete at a high level? And Clint Allen was like, absolutely. These are some of the most exceptional um, bred horses and most exceptionally trained horses there are going right now. So I thought that was kind of cool just because you wouldn't think horses sired by reigning studs or out of reigning mares or by whatever uh stallions that whatever it may be uh, you wouldn't think that it would be super easy to go and compete at a high level and say cutting when you have to put your hand down but that just goes to show you how awesome and how special all these world's greatest horsemen horses are yeah and the breeding comes from all facets of the equine industry for us like i mean sparktillion is a shining spark out of cotillion well cotillion was i believe owned by the brewers or, or something like that. And, and, uh, Wesley Galleon had a horse called Harley spots hot out of cotillion. And I mean, these things are mixed through all the industries of, of Western equine riding or equine horses, whether it's raining or raining cow horse or cutting studs. And, and I mean, it's just, it's cool to see how it all comes together. Or going back to the ranching heritage, uh, you got Quahati and Boyd Rice, horse owned by the by the four sixes, and then going back to Trail Townsend, a horse that was bred by the Tongue River Ranch. I mean, that right there just goes to show you how versatile um, a lot of these breedings are and a lot of these horses are. So overall, I had a great time at the 2020 World's Greatest Horseman. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to go and check out our Instagram um, Instagram story, little memory of all the events. We, uh, took quite a bit of video footage from the world's greatest horseman and posted it to our Instagram story. You can see exactly where we were sitting and, uh, definitely watch a lot of those horses come sliding in there on the rain work. But overall great world's greatest horseman. We cannot thank Ben self enough and his parents over at cow horse full contact. Big congratulations to Chris Dawson over at Cow Horse Full Contact making the world's greatest horseman finals. Um, we had a great time meeting Ben, uh, picking his brain. I had no clue the kid was 15. Uh, it's pretty amazing um, just seeing someone like that uh, dedicate his time. And um, when I was 15, I know I wasn't worried about producing a podcast and promoting a sport that I love uh, like I am now. So a uh, big shout out to Ben Self doing 
really something that's invaluable for the NRCHA and the performance horse world in general um, with cow horse full contact, uh, helping those guys uh, get that off the ground. So uh, once again, thanks, Ben, for everything. Uh, had a great time at the World's Greatest Horseman. We hope to see you guys soon. This episode is brought to you by OK Brand Fencing. Committed to providing the highest quality fencing products at the most competitive prices since 1979. A family-owned and operated company headquartered in Medill, Oklahoma, OK Brand is proud to provide 100% American-melted and American-made fencing products. Whether it's max tight horse for your turnouts, horse panels for your stall, or barbed wire and field fence for your cattle, OK Brand is the brand to trust. OK Brand Fencing. Ask for it by name at your favorite farm and ranch fencing supplier. Learn more online at okbrand.com. Well, we're coming to you a few days late. We wanted to have a complete wrap-up of the Open Finals there at the 2020 Arbuckle Mountain Futurity in Ardmore, Oklahoma, at the Hardy Murphy Coliseum, of course. In the four-year-old Open, the Open champion was Kinky Boots and Austin Shepard. The 5-6 Open, Super G, Bo Guyan, and Metallic's MVP marked a huge 228 for that championship. In the four-year-old Limited Open, Blue Laney Bird and Guy Woods marked a 221.5 for that title. And in the 5-6 Limited Open Final, Papa Jody Galleon marked a 223 on Desire Some Metallic. Guys, pretty tough cutting up in Ardmore, Oklahoma at the Arbuckle Mountain Futurity. Give me some of y'all's reactions from the four-year-old Open Finals first and foremost, and then we'll get to the 5-6. The top, oh... 11, 12 horses. I mean, they, they went home with, I mean, a pretty decent paycheck. And, I mean, the Arbuckle, the four-year-old is, I mean, it's, I mean, the winner is usually getting close to 30 grand to win it, which is uh, obviously something that is uh, very good. Yeah, but, very necessary. I mean, very, very uh, good. I mean, we still, I mean, me personally, I'm, I still don't necessarily – know uh, who my favorite four-year-olds are uh yet i you know k rudge sh shout out to you uh original gangster uh i think that that horse you're gonna see a lot of the rest of the way um and, and you know a don's horse um that was reserved at the fraternity twice in santiago uh i mean that horse has been pretty consistent but i mean i this like we i mean from the fraternity is like it's a good group of of four-year-olds uh but i i mean still i uh i'm still a little bit up in the air on which ones are just at the top of my favorite four-year-olds yeah one quick little note on twice in santiago with her reserve championship there at the arbuckle mountain fraternity she is now your leader in the 2020 Open Horse of the Year, overtook Gary Bellenfont and Metallic Ray Mink for the top spot in Open Horse of the Year. So I definitely agree with that, CBL. I think we'll be seeing Adon. He has to kind of haul her for Horse of the Year now and as well as she's done. And I expect to he see... He goes everywhere anyways. Yeah, I expect to see huge things from that pair with especially with uh, the two Triple Crown events and the BI left. Uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to uh, seize a whole lot of Horse of the Year points at those shows. 
Yeah, how about Austin going back-to-back, too? He won it last year on Bama Jelly, four-year-old, and came back again this year and won it on a horse he already won Augusta on. So I thought that was pretty good. He had a tough run, um, and it was just a a tough cut. And I think that uh, when you have a pretty good group of horses like we have right now, it's it's pretty amazing. I think it took a 220 – one to make the five six final or two was it two twenty one two twenty one and a half? I think it took a two twenty one, yeah. And I mean, it took what a four thirty seven, I believe, in the four thirty six and a half. Four thirty six and a half. But that's I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of points, and there's a lot of good horses at at the top of that four year old. I mean, one we haven't heard from since the fraternity, really. But Jamie Stud, the uh, counting hot checks, counting hot checks. That that stud was pretty damn good in the in the finals. He had a lot of his dad in him right there real quick footed in front of the cow and slinging his neck around he's a pretty cool horse so um yeah it's yeah, shout out to taryn again and nikki six yep. slipped and in there kind of deeper in the cutting and marked a 223 to finish up there in the top five and then another horse that caught my eye a small fraternity horse uh that had a lot of success in the fall with lloyd cox of course and ty moore tweezing my brow uh, yep. showing that she's not just a, a small fraternity horse and that she's going to be a force to be reckoned with here uh, throughout the first part and uh, hopefully the latter part of her four-year-old year. In the 5-6 open, Super G took the top two spots, marked a massive 228 first horse out aboard Billy Wolf's Metallics MVP and then picked up the reserve championship on the ever-so-famous stallion Rolls-Royce. And then, of course, another man that's no stranger to the 5-6 Open competition uh, took the third and the fourth place spots. Uh, Lloyd Cox took third on Slow Ride and then was fourth on Ms. Baby Cakes. We say it every week after these Open Classic Challenge finals, guys. It's going to be an unbelievable year, and I can't wait for the Triple Crown events. I think you're going to see, especially these horses that finished in the top ten at this show, I think you're going to see those horses um, putting on a hell of a show when it comes to the Triple Crown events. Um, I'm really excited to be in attendance at those finals at the Super Stakes when when they come. How about both of the champions being first in a set of cows, even though Austin, he was first in the second set, but Bo was first in the first set, and marking big scores being first out in a set, I think that's pretty remarkable because you generally don't see something like that. Yeah, especially last week when we had – one winner from the first hole, and then we had the four-year-old winner, Matt Miller, winning a championship from the very last hole. So, yeah, I think that is very interesting. There was nine horses in the 5-6 Open Finals that marked over 220. Uh, and one thing I think that's, like Cody, you are just saying, but one thing that's, I mean, in these Open classes, to be first out, and especially in this 5-6 Open, I mean, you really have to go go ask for it being first out and uh i mean it's pretty impressive not only to mark just over 220 being first out to but to mark a 228 being first out i mean i i think that says a lot about uh metallics mvp and also just about Bo and the way he goes and shows a horse yeah that mvp run first out never left the center third of the arena cut three perfect cows that really showed off all of MVP's um, talents, I thought. I thought 
he cut him exceptionally. Uh, it was definitely a 76 run through and through. It's just crazy to, like you say, CBL, if you're going to come and win out of the first hole and mark a 228, which is three 76s, like you got to bring the heat. And that's exactly, exactly what um, Metallic's MVP does. That's what Bo does at all these finals. And that's why I feel like that's why he is so dangerous, is because it doesn't really matter when he draws up. Yeah, also, congratulations to Metallic's MVP being the novice champion. Rules were like Watch the egg, so even though he's won a couple hundred thousand, I bet, by now. Uh, hey, he was an was, open fraternity finalist, I believe. Yep, with Hayden <laughs> yeah. Upton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he also he won two championships at one cutting. And then Jody Gallion came back after the Bonanza, yep. won him another limited open championship. Yep, shout out Guy Woods, too. We've yeah. been watching that once in a blue moon horse, I know. Marked a pretty decent score at the fraternity and then had some heck. But yeah, shout out Guy Woods. A, we That's a good horse. That's a great horse. Guy Woods is a great trainer. Uh, shout out Soul Patch. Shout out Evan Moffitt. Um, we're some of Guy Woods' biggest fans. We, we love, Montana. Yeah, we loved. What was that What was that horse that we uh, – Michelangelo. Yeah, Lakers Michelangelo. How could I ever forget? Uh, shout out Monty. Shout out Laker Michelangelo. Shout out Guy Woods. Yeah, that's uh, – and then here we are back with the limited rules where it's a two-year rollback thing, and I'm sure there's some unhappy people again, but that's the rules of the cutting, and that's the rules they made. So congratulations to those guys for taking advantage of that and winning some money. Yeah, uh, it was, I mean, fairly tough to to get into both the limited uh, classes and the 5-6. The it took an 18-and-a-half, and – it took a 217 in the four-year-old to make the final. So, I mean, that's that's still some pretty tough cutting. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I'm I in favor of what's going on with it. I, I like it. I know, like Cody, you just said, some people don't like it. But, uh, I mean, they're, I mean, not all the people that made the finals have won over a million. I, I, don't, I don't know the exact number. Uh, uh, but... I mean, I just, I mean, it's a good thing for the, I think for the sport, just being, I mean, some of these guys, I mean, like we said, I mean, how competitive, how tough it is to make the five, six open finals, the four-year-old finals, uh, just for these guys to have another chance um, with maybe a little bit lower powered horse to go and make a finals. I think it, I mean, it's promoting the sport. Yeah, you pay more people, and more people are happy, and and more people are going to keep cutting. I felt like there was an amen coming after I said that. Well, it was at the tip of my tongue, (laughs) but I had just said it, so I stopped myself. You could have doubled down. Yeah. Double down. I should have just (laughs) doubled down down and said, amen, brother. But but on a serious note, I mean – it's we got to keep finding the positives in all this and 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 look forward. I mean, obviously it's not perfect. Uh, some people are upset with the fact that some older guys are are rolling back and and even some younger guys. I mean, Clay Johnson showed in it too, and it's it's he was reserved in the five yeah. six limited. And and hey man, like there's a lot of tough horses in that regular open, and if you got spots where you can take these other horses and your trainer's eligible for it and. And because I don't think Clay even showed that horse in the regular open. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I mean, even if he did, like, then they showed twice and it ended up working. They didn't get along and didn't make the finals in the regular open. I know that. And, but they came back or they 
just showed the limited and and they won some money and they have happy customers and it's and it's all in the promotion of the sport and i think there's some good in in it and i think there's a lot of stuff that we need to look to i mean because at the end of the day this isn't leveling this isn't a leveled playing field or anything like that this is just a limited class with a different rule and so there's there's some ups and downs and there's going to be some tweaking like i've said for the whole time we've been talking about leveling but it's uh at least a step in the right direction and there's a lot of more happy customers because they won some money at the arbuckle fraternity and didn't have to market 221 and a half to to do that well i think that's going to do it for today's show guys Thanks for bearing with us as we kind of had a delayed release date this week. Um, Hopefully we'll be coming to you with a good interview this next week. Um, Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, slide into our emails if you think of anyone that we need to chat with. So we'll be seeing you guys down the road. Adios. Bye. Bye.